Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Welcome to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio, keeping you connected to your faith and your world. Teresa tackles the issues of faith and culture, the pro-life message, and media awareness. And now, here's Teresa Tamio. Well, good morning to you. Sherry Kennedy Brownrigg in for Teresa Tamio, who is just coming back from the Good News Cruise. Yeah, she has been there for quite a while, and tomorrow she'll be back traveling right now. A couple of things that I want to point out, though. If you are interested in seeing Teresa in the coming weeks, well, this Friday, February 9th, there's a date night at St. Anthony Parish in Belleville. That's going to be wonderful. Saturday, a half-day retreat at the Marysville Retreat Center in Hawley. And the World Marriage Day Dinner Dance on Sunday, the 18th in Troy. So you can find all of that at Teresa's website, TeresaTamio.com. And it is a Monday. So much is happening on the show today. Wow. Really, really packed. We have uh, the future of the Worldwide Catholic Church, as you know, is in the hands of today's Catholic parents. I know that's a big charge as a Catholic parent. You might have just driven off the road. But we're going to hear how you can evangelize your children. There's an easy way to learn. Plus, we will talk about a Lenten campaign to pray for priests. And Gail Buckley Berenger will be here with our Bible verse of the week. So lots of really great things coming up on Catholic Connection. And looking around um, the world at the pro-life news, there really isn't a lot of new news this morning. Sometimes that is good news, isn't it? But I want to give a shout out to Catholic University. So you may have heard about this already. It happened just a little while ago. But there was a psychology professor who invited a... um, abortion doula to come and speak at the university. Now, doula is essentially Greek for female helper, and she came and talked about, well, you can pretty much imagine what she talked about, but lots of students were outraged, and the university found out about it. Interestingly enough, the doula said she was actually a former student at Catholic University, which is surprising. But the university has since dismissed the psychology professor who invited her and recommitted themselves to their Catholic values in their public statements. So that is good news that it was resolved, I think, appropriately there. But yikes, that would have been quite a shock, I think, to go to a class and actually have an abortion doula come to Catholic University. Also something that has been brewing across the pond, France, is on track to be the first country in the world to enshrine abortion rights into its constitution. The French National Assembly has passed a historic bill, and it moves France one step closer to enshrining the right. And there was a vote that happened in the lower house of the French parliament. This actually happened last Tuesday. The vast majority of lawmakers voted in favor of the bill. There were 30 against it. 493 were for it. And the bill now is moving to the Senate for debate and a vote. And if it's approved there, then a special body composed of both chambers of the parliament will meet again and vote on its adoption. And, of course, when Roe v. Wade was overturned here in the U.S., that certainly got France's attention. And they said, wow, we better we better enshrine this in our Constitution. So very, very sad times 
something else that America is importing that's not good. (laughs) I wish other countries would follow our lead and say, you know, they're right. This is not a good thing. But it's so funny when you read the secular news coverage of this story and any story about abortion rights and, you know, how so far to the left that our secular secular media is. But I'm reminded again of how absurd it truly is for people to talk about the importance of giving a person the right to kill their own child. It's absurd. I mean, and this is coming from someone who at the age of 30, I joined the Catholic Church. Before that, I grew up in another denomination, another Christian denomination, fell away from any faith in my college and young adult years, although I never stopped believing. But I worked mildly um, for abortion rights. I certainly thought that women should have the right to uh, abortion because I believe the lie. But when we really truly think about it, it's it's illegal, it's unconscionable only a few months later when the child can actually look at you. I mean, that's the only difference, isn't it? That the child can't speak for himself or herself or smile at you. God did a good thing when he made sure that we would bond with our babies by seeing that sweet little smile. But honestly, it's just it's just unconscionable. It's just amazing to me that if we landed on a planet of humans, a new planet we didn't know about, and found that they regularly practice child sacrifice, we would be appalled. Yet that's exactly what we do here. And it's only because of 50 years of PR and rationalization that we now believe that well, most of the world anyway, that it's a good thing, that it's a human right, that it's quote-unquote health care. None of the above. It's nothing but murder, and there's nothing else that it truly can be. Yikes. It all leads me to think about how difficult it is of a time to be Catholic in our world today. I mean, there's dangers to the faith and things like this coming from all sides. The culture of death is all around us, no matter where we look, and it's so often masquerading as compassion and fun and happiness. And sometimes it's not. I mean, there are so many pro-abortion people who know that it's the death of a human being. They understand that, and yet they still think that it's a right, that it's something that we should normalize and it should be legal. Talking to a good friend of mine yesterday, he has a family of seven kids, six now, one on the way, And he was talking about the challenges that he and his wife face with raising kids in today's world and protecting them from the world. It's really a full-time job. He brought up an example um, about child pornography and child trafficking. We're coming up on the World Day of, uh, um, of Prayer and Awareness Against Human Trafficking. But everyone says they're against it, but yet we see the sexualization of children all around us and then wonder, why is this still happening So many examples that you could go on and on and on. And on the other side of this, honestly, it is a great time to be a Catholic today because where sin abounds, grace abounds even more, and we know that. And we have so many opportunities to witness to our faith and the life that Christ and his church offer, so many of them, really every day. And today is the feast of St. Agatha, a Christian martyr who chose death rather than go against her faith. It's funny because sometimes we read about martyrs and it's easy to think that they all have that big smile on their face, you know, while they're thinking, oh, yes, I'm going to go to my martyrdom. And while it's happening, they had that big smile on their face, you know, sort of like Braveheart, um, that Mel Gibson scene at the end when he's being martyred and that smile is there. And maybe so many of them did. 
But clearly, I mean, it, it can't not have been difficult. Even Jesus asked that the cup would pass from his lips. And it's funny, in my own experience, um, I became Catholic at the age of 30, as I said, and I read about the martyrs, and I thought, wow, if I had a blood martyrdom, I told God that I would be very afraid, and, you know, gosh, I would be so afraid that I would, I might give in. And his answer, my child, do you not think that I would be there with you? Mm. Yes, and he will. So it's a good time to be a Catholic. Let's go out and be bold. It's eight minutes past the hour, and it is time for news. Pope Francis says that peace is the responsibility of the entire human family. The Pope made a plea for peace in the world following his weekly Angelus prayer yesterday. He also reached out to those who are in Rome this week to commemorate the World Day of Prayer and Awareness against human trafficking, which is coming up Thursday. Pope Francis said many young people are deceived with false promises and then subjected to exploitation and abuse. And he called human trafficking a dramatic global phenomenon. A member of the Biden administration says the U.S. gave Iraq sufficient notice um, about airstrikes against Iran-backed militias. We also want to see the Iraqi government move with more alacrity to help us uh, rid the threat of these militia groups on Iraqi soil. Speaking on Fox News Sunday, National Security Council spokesman John Kirby said there were appropriate notifications and discussions with the Iraqi government prior to Friday's airstrikes in Iraq Iraq and Syria. Iraq condemned the attacks and called U.S. claims of coordinating with the Iraqi government unfounded. House Speaker Mike Johnson says a Republican-backed effort to impeach Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas is completely different from the Democrat-backed impeachment of former President Trump. We have followed the facts where they have led, not for political purposes, not because we take pleasure in this. It's, again, a heavy thing to, to look at the impeachment of a president or a cabinet secretary. Speaking on NBC's Meet the Press, Johnson says he stands by his position. When he was a member of the defense team for Trump's first impeachment and repeated three times, the founders of this country warned against single-party impeachments. Johnson said that unlike impeachment proceedings against Trump, Republican-led committees have methodically gone through the impeachment process and determined Mayorkas broke the law. House Majority Leader Steve Scalise says the Senate's bipartisan border bill will not be taken to a vote in the lower chamber. Mark Mayfield has the story. Scalise made the announcement on his ex-profile, echoing previous remarks from Speaker Mike Johnson. The long-awaited bipartisan deal to secure the U.S.-Mexico border and provide aid to Ukraine was unveiled Sunday. According to the bill, the DHS would have the power to close down the border if the daily average of migrant encounters hits 4,000. I'm Mark Mayfield. Former President Trump says it will be a little while before he selects a running mate, but he did mention some names who are and aren't under his consideration. Speaking on Fox Sunday Morning Futures, Trump said he talks to everybody and he has a lot of good people in mind. He singled out South Carolina Senator and former GOP presidential candidate Tim Scott and said he also likes South South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem. A storm that has been hitting much of California hard is expected to bring dangerous conditions to Orange County and San Diego today and tomorrow. Eight Southern California counties have been placed under a state of emergency with the risk of flooding and high winds. 
The National Weather Service called Sunday one of the most dramatic weather days in recent memory. Nearly 700,000 customers were without power across the state as of early this morning. Mandatory evacuation orders are in place in several communities in Ventura County. Daniel Martindale reports. That includes Matillaha Canyon, which has seen more than 8 inches of rain as of early this morning. In less than 24 hours, similar rainfall totals were recorded in the upper Matillaha Canyon and Old Man Mountain areas. Other parts of the unincorporated Ojai area facing mandatory evacuations include North Fork and Camino Cielo. The Ventura RV Resort is also under an evacuation order. A flash flood warning that was in place for Ventura County has been lowered to a flash flood watch, which will be in effect through tomorrow. A winter storm warning for Ventura County's northern mountains is also in place through tomorrow. I'm Daniel Martindale. Authorities in Chile say at least 112 people have been killed by wildfires raging in the South American country. The country's National Disaster Response Service said there were over 160 active fires burning throughout the country. Jury deliberations begin today in Michigan in the involuntary manslaughter trial of Jennifer Crumley, the mother of the Oxford, Oxford rather, high school shooter. Brian Shook has more. Closing arguments were heard Friday as the second week of the trial ended. Crumbly is facing charges including involuntary manslaughter in the deaths of four students and the wounding of seven others. Her son, who was 15 at the time of the 2021 mass shooting, was sentenced in December to life in prison. His parents are accused of ignoring their troubled son and allowing him access to a gun. The 2026 World Cup final is going to be held at MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey. FIFA made the announcement Sunday with the final set for July 19th. The United States, Mexico and Canada will all host matches in the soccer tournament. And it's shaping up to be a record year for spending this Valentine's Day. Mark Mayfield explains. That's according to the National Retail Federation. It says consumers plan to spend a total of $25.8 billion this Valentine's Day. That's on par with last year's spending and the third highest in the survey's history. 62% of consumers ages 25 to 34 intend to celebrate this year more than any other age group. Consumers expect to spend $185 each on average. That's nearly $8 more than the average of Valentine's Day spending over the last five years. Ben and I, it's pretty much maybe flowers, maybe a card, certainly a kiss. After 32 years of marriage, <laughs> we say we celebrate every day. Every day is Valentine's Day. That's what we tell ourselves anyway. Well, it's all good. Well, coming up, we're going to talk about how you can evangelize your children and help really keep that faith going in your kids. That is coming up next right here on Catholic Connection. Stay with us. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. CMF Curo is a Catholic health care ministry providing families nationwide with a better solution centered around whole health, spirit, mind, and body. Our members share their medical burdens within a faith-filled community. At CMF Curo, our members have access to a spiritual director, concierge services, and other health and spiritual resources. Find out if CMF Curo is a better solution for your family. Visit MyCatholicHealthCare.com. 
That's MyCatholicHealthCare.com. The wisdom of Mother Angelica. And we need to pray for all our world leaders and all those who are in such danger. See, in a day and age where people are getting further away from God, you get further away from goodness. Only God is good. Do you remember what our Lord said one day? Why do you call me good, he said. Only God is good. Only God. EWTN. Live truth. Live Catholic. When the need for senior care arises, home is where the heart is. Visiting Angels provides home care for mom or dad up to 24 hours per day, including personal care, meals, and light housework. You may select your professional caregiver with Visiting Angels. More information at visitingangels.com or at 877-374-LIVE. That's 877-374-LIVE. Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Welcome back to Catholic Connection. Sherry Kennedy Brown Riggin for Teresa Tamio, who will be back tomorrow. And just a note, head over to TeresaTamio.com. You can find out some of the different things that Teresa has going on the next two weeks. There is a lot happening and many, many different chances where you can see her. Later on this hour, we will get our Bible verse of the week with Gail Buckley Berenger and talk with Vicki Harrow from Praying for Our Priests, Marie Regina Clary, about a Lenten campaign to pray the Stations of the Cross for Priests. But right now, we are talking about the Augustan Institute's Catholic Parent Series, and Nancy Banzuch is with us. She's a mother of six and founder of Catholic Sprout. So welcome, Nancy, to Catholic Connection. Hi, good morning. I'm glad to be here. Well, it's great to have you here, and you, of course, are a Catholic parent. Tell us a little bit about your family first. Sure. So we live outside of Minneapolis, Minnesota, and my husband and Bill and I are raising our six kids. Our oldest is in sixth grade, and then our youngest is two years old. And, you know, maybe there's more coming in our future. Who knows? But it's a pretty full house, loud house at the moment. But, yeah, trying our best to do all the Catholic things. <laughs> I like that, a loud house, but I'll bet it's absolutely yeah. beautiful. It's that, that holy, <laughs> holy, beautiful chaos that happens. <laughs> yeah. Coats and shoes yeah. on the floor and people laughing and loving. I love that. Yeah, well, let's... let's yeah, let's talk a little bit about Catholic Parent. First of all, what what is it? Sure. So it's a brand new series on forms. So through the Augustine Institute, and I I hope most people listening have access to forms through your parish. I know I do, and you know there's a lot of content on there. But the one thing that we started to notice, and we were talking to like you know people that work at the Augustine Institute with big families, active in family life themselves. And we started to see that all the materials, um, you know, kind of out in the Catholic world for Catholic parents didn't show necessarily the reality, the day-to-day grind, the messiness of Catholic parenting. You know, like, it was all the beautiful parts, which we can relate to, you know, those amazing moments of baptism and, you know, welcoming babies but what about the mundane, the hard, the messy, the reality of bringing six kids to Mass every day? And so we wanted to create something that really captured that 
that offered encouragement while acknowledging the hard qualities and also just really laid out specifically how a Catholic family is called to uniquely live out the Catholic faith. And so a big part of the project was getting the voices of real Catholic parents in there, you know, like sit down, what is it really like for your family at Mass? How do you work going to confession regularly? You know, those those actual details acknowledging the hard, just so that, you know, all Catholic parents can feel seen and, and know, like, you're not the only one struggling. It's hard for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. It's almost like a roadmap that you're describing that yeah. that allows parents to... Okay, here's the situation. All right, here we go. This is a great idea. We'll do <laughs> Because yeah. you're right. You know, sometimes in the midst of things, I have not been blessed with children and, you know, will will not have children, but but just seeing the everydayness of, you know, things happen when you've got six kids, yeah. even two kids, things happen quickly and, you know, knowing what to do in the moment is really really wonderful. I don't know if yeah, you want to well, comment on that, Nancy, but Yeah. Well, the thing, you know, the thing that I confront in my real life, you know, with perhaps people that I meet at my parish that aren't regular mass attenders, you know, or kind of on that fringe, is that they see this sort of glossy ideal of what they should be as a Catholic family, you know, mm. quote, should be. And then they look at their own family and they feel incredibly lacking. And I just think um, we need to have a little bit, just, you know, to have have a place for those people to see like it's it's hard for everybody just because it's hard for you doesn't discount you you know i mean it's not like they're like we certainly are not the perfect catholic family we do sit down for family prayer every single night but that by no means means that it's easy for us (laughs) you know like we're still negotiating with kids every single night you know and i still lose my temper every single day So I just really, you know, I just think the church doesn't do service to these people, especially people on the fringe, by not showing the reality and coming to people in the messy, in the reality, to say, like, it's hard, but it's worth it. It's so worth it. It's so worth it. Yeah. Well, you're the founder of Catholic Sprouts, which provides educational and catechetical tools that assist parents. How did you become involved in this project with the Augustine Institute? Well, you know, every every everybody's a real person. You know, all these people that have these very important roles at the Augustine Institute, they're parents too. And so, what happened is, um, you know, I'm I'm a mom. I started staying home with my kids when my oldest was born about twelve and a half years ago. And to keep myself, you know, from going crazy, I started some side projects. And one of them was that I realized that teaching the faith in my home was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. You know, you kind of picture before you have kids that it's going to be this, like, organic thing, you know, where you're just, (laughs) oh, we're snuggling on the couch. And I just start telling you saint stories. And, you know, you listen with rapt attention. And that's not how it is at all. You know, (laughs) like... There's always someone screaming. There's always a diaper to change. Someone's always spilled their milk. You know, like, I lose my temper. The kids aren't focused. I get mad. So I realized that I needed to, you know, come up with another plan. So I actually started recording a five-minute daily podcast for my kids, 
which sounds crazy, but I wanted something that I could turn on over breakfast that would just offer one little sort of seed of catechism. Mm. So a lot of times, you know, it's a saint story or, a, you know, five minutes a day where we're studying a sacrament. So that's called Catholic Sprouts. I started it about five years ago. And the beautiful thing, the Holy Spirit will take you on a wild ride if you let him, is I just put it out there for other people to use, and it turns out that I wasn't the only one struggling to catechize my kids. Surprise! I think the podcast now has over (laughs) 13 million downloads. Oh, wow. So some of those downloads were parents that work at the Augustine Institute. So they were listening, they liked it, it was good for their families, and they just thought, you know, hey, this is a real parent, we're real parents, Let's team up and make something for Catholic parents. So, you know, that's that's how it happens. They were listening, and I was willing, I guess. <laughs> well, that's, that's wonderful, and I love the way that it just really came out of your own experience and your own desire yeah. to, you know, give your children this beautiful gift and to serve the Lord. So that's really, really wonderful. And you've touched on this a little bit, Nancy, but why do you think that it's important for Catholic families to watch this series? We've only got a minute, so you might have to condense that answer. (laughs) Well, I just think it's important to feel seen and heard. You know, know, if you're a Catholic parent and it's hard to take your kids to Mass, or you're struggling to figure out how to tithe, just want you to know, like, you're not the only one with those struggles. Those struggles are normal. We're meant to struggle with those things. And there is a way to figure it out. There's a community of people wanting to help you. Okay, Nancy, hang on, because we'll come back with more about this topic after the break, talking with Nancy Bedzuch, or Banzuch, rather, and it's all about the future of the faith. Yes, Catholic parents, you aren't going to want to miss this. Stay tuned to Catholic Connection. we most need in order to say Jesus is Lord? The Holy Spirit. The Catechism says that every time we invoke Jesus, it is the Holy Spirit who draws us onto the path of prayer. And since it is the Holy Spirit who teaches us to pray by recalling Jesus, how can we not pray to the Holy Spirit too? The Church urges us to call on the Holy Spirit continually, especially at the beginning and the close of every important action. And how should we pray to him? The traditional form is to invoke the Father through Christ our Lord to give us the Consoler, the Spirit. The simplest, most direct invocation is, Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of the faithful, enkindle in them the fire of your love. The Holy Spirit is the artisan of the living tradition of prayer and the master of interior prayer. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism. It's time for Family Man with Dr. Gregory Popcha. It's important for kids to have chores so they can learn how to contribute to a healthy, happy, peaceful household. But does your family make a little time every day to work together? Working together as a family gives parents an opportunity to model healthy attitudes toward work and stewardship and learn the basics of responsibility. Doing dishes together, cleaning up the family room together each evening, folding laundry together are just a few examples, but whatever the actual task, the important thing is that family work rituals help a family learn to be a strong team. That's one reason family rituals for working together are such an important part of Catholic family life. 
To discover more ways your family can celebrate the liturgy of domestic church life, check out the newest editions of Parenting with Grace and visit CatholicCounselors.com. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, but you can call me Family Man. To discover more ways faith can enrich your life, visit CatholicCounselors.com. You're listening to Catholic Connection. Sherry Kennedy Brown again for Teresa Tamio, who will be back tomorrow. And we look forward to hearing her. She's on her way home from the Good News Cruise right now. And you can see lots of great pictures on Facebook, uh, her social media, wherever you follow it, and on her website as well. Find out where she is going to be next. Right now, we are talking with Nancy Banzuch. And uh, this is just a wonderful, wonderful topic that we're, we're talking about the Augustan Institute's and Catholic Sprouts, their joint project to raise a new, well, I guess a new show empowering Catholic parents Mm -hmm. to evangelize their children, and it's on formed, and it's just wonderful. Nancy, we've been talking about how important it is for Catholic families to watch this series. Let's see if we can sort of help Catholic families see themselves in the series. Tell us about maybe the ranges of experiences that are shared by families who are featured in the series. Sure. So one of the the biggest pieces of this <clears throat> was actually gathering various mar- you know various couples to come and share their experiences. So my husband Bill and I talk, and we have six children. With our oldest being twelve, our youngest two. We have a really oh my gosh, they're just you know everything they say is gold. This Latino couple that lived in and that lived in Colorado, and their children are high school and older. You know, some of them getting married, so kind of that older perspective. We had a friend of mine, Luke, who's a focused missionary. He and his wife shared that they have secondary infertility, so they only have two children. And you know, if you, you know, if, if that's you, if you have zero or one or two children, you know, that can be an awkward place to be, especially in really Catholic circles. You know, there can be judgment, and so talking from that perspective. And then we also had a single mother, you know, a woman who got pregnant out of wedlock but had has a deep reversion and her journey as a parent. Because, you know, we really wanted anybody that comes to this video series to relate to the experiences, not only like, oh, yeah, it's hard to bring kids to Mass, but also, you know, we all have sort of different pieces of these experiences coming to play, you know, like big family dynamic is different than a family that is experiencing secondary infertility or all little kids or little and big kids or only big kids, you know. And so we really wanted all of those voices shared in here so everybody can feel seen and relate to an experience that they're hearing about. But the, I think that's... The, the, the most, the funnest, the most fun part, I think, is that the video crews actually came to our houses and filmed us while we were parenting, which is a little <laughs> bit mortifying for me. You know, if you watch the video series, <sighs> like, <laughs> in the opening credits, you'll see my baby screaming at mass. <laughs> you'll see my four-year-old, like, you know, being very naughty during family prayer. So, you know, a lot of these videos that we see of Catholic families, they kind of cut that part out. You know, they turn off the cameras when the kids start being kids. But this was different. The video team told us, like, hey, we want to catch the real moment. So we're going to, like, zoom in when your kids start being naughty. 
So, yeah, it's, it's all in there. And um, I guarantee if a parent is in the trenches like I am, they'll laugh when they watch it. <laughs> and the series, The Catholic Parent, is available at onformed.org. Hopefully your parish has given you access to formed, but formed.org. And each episode is 30 minutes long and, and focuses on one topic. What are some of the topics that um, that you talk about in the series? Sure. So we went through the precepts of the Church because we really wanted to be faithful to Catholic teaching, not invent anything new, but instead take this really old structure. And so if you aren't familiar, the precepts of the Church are, you know, our Sunday obligation, receiving the Eucharist once a year, attending the sacrament of confession, tithing, and fasting. But then we also added a sixth to that, which was teaching the faith, which is the sort of fundamental responsibility-specific to parents that's outlined in the Catechism. So those might seem pretty dry, you know, but we wanted to investigate, okay, this is kind of the bare minimum that we're called to do as Catholics, even if you're in the trenches as a parent. But what do these precepts look like specifically as a Catholic parent in a Catholic family? You know, so what does the Sunday obligation look like for a Catholic family? Well, I tell you what, my Sunday obligation looks a lot different now that I have six kids than it did when I was a single person. Sure. You know, the effort the experience of being there is totally different. And that's like the easiest one to see, but it's true for all of these. You know, even going to confession, the things I confess are very much related to my vocation as a parent, my vocation as a wife. And so just how how are these precepts so specifically practiced by Catholic families? And one of my favorite parts of the series, another favorite part is that they had um, a priest and then two religious sisters. They, they come and they offer very specific teachings on each of these precepts. So they not only share, you know, a definition of what this is, you know, based on the Church teaching, but they also help apply it to parenting. And those, those pieces, that actual direct teaching, is just very beautiful and very inviting. You know, it's not condemning if someone hasn't been to confession in five years. It's not a, you know, give up, go home, you're done. It's an invitation to come back, an invitation to receive. And, you know, the topics of fasting and tithing can be pretty tricky. You know, um, sometimes we're just not very well formed on those mm, topics. Right. And so it's just offering some, some beautiful explanation which hopefully will, you know, trigger something inside of us for either a recommitment or a first-time commitment to these beautiful callings. And, you know, specifically, you know, my husband and I, when we were talking for this video series, there's just a lot of things that parents need to talk about with parents. Like on the topic of tithing, it's very difficult to tithe as a parent sometimes because we think, you know, like, if I give this money to the church, especially for in a tight position, then I'm not giving this this money to my children, you know? Right. Like, yeah. I want to be providing safety and a future for them. And so, it's, it, at least in our marriage, it's a much more dramatic act of trust to tithe as a parent than it was for us as a single person. And so, I just think we needed this space as parents to talk realistically about that. Like, yeah, it is harder as a parent to tithe, but that doesn't mean that our obligation isn't there. And it doesn't mean that it's not worth it, that we won't, you know, still reap rewards from our generous God. So, 
it was just really beautiful to be in this position where we're talking about being a parent to parents and can really lean into this very specific way that we live the precepts. Yeah, and it's beautiful. You know, when when you think about that tithing, for example, nobody likes to to really focus yeah. on that. Nobody likes to hear the talk from, you know, at my parish we had that yesterday. But I mean, it's it's very very important for us, and it's wonderful to know God's generosity and you know His economy is so much different than the way that we look at things, and it's so yeah. beautiful. So, um, give us one example of what might be on a blooper reel from a series like this. We're very short of time, <laughs> but we'll take one example. <laughs> yeah, sure. So while they, the, the team, the video team came to our parish, we have a beautiful parish. I mean, it's just one of these old oh, churches, so ornate. Yeah. And Nancy, beautiful. unfortunately, I hear that music, so I asked you that question, and I can't even give you the opportunity to tell about the blooper reels. So bless you for this w- wonderful work. Again, go to formed.org, and you can find the Catholic Parent and also the Formed app. Thanks so much to Nancy for being with us today. And stay tuned, more to come on Catholic Connection. Sixty seconds with Father Mitch Pacwa. This communion with Jesus and with one another, that being united to him and abiding in him, that is the indispensable condition for bearing fruit. That's why our Lord says. Back in John 15, verse 5, apart from me, you can do nothing. If you're not united to Christ, you're not going to do anything for him. So communion with Jesus, our Savior, focusing on him and getting to know him and be known by him, that is what makes it possible for us to bear fruit as Christians. And communion with others is the most magnificent fruit that the branches can give. That's one of the things that he's looking for from us, that we have a communion with one another, that we have a love and a concern. Does it mean we agree with one another? Not necessarily. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Right now, as you know, America, Catholic Church, really the Western world is being shaken. Let me read this passage. Hebrews chapter 12, beginning at verse 25. We'll go to 29. The writer to the Hebrews says... His voice shook the earth at that time, but now he has promised, I will once more shake not only the earth, but heaven. That phrase, once more, points to the removal of shaken created things so that what is unshaken may remain. We realize nothing is fixed. Everything seems to be in flux. And that's why God's people need to be immersed in Scripture because there we come across the unchangeable and the unshakable God. Cresta in the Afternoon with Al Cresta for Eastern on EWTN Radio. Welcome back to Catholic Connection. Sherry Kennedy Brownrigg in for Teresa Tamio. And she is on her way back from the Good News Cruise. She's got some really wonderful things. She'll be back tomorrow, by the way. Really wonderful things that are happening this week, too, that you might want to take advantage of. You can find them at TeresaTamio.com. This Friday, an evening of reflection for couples at St. Anthony Catholic Church in Belleville, Michigan. 
And then a marriage retreat on the 10th this Saturday at the Maryville Retreat Center in Holly, Michigan. And, of course, there'll be a really wonderful thing for World Marriage Day. She cannot miss that. So find all that at TeresaTomio.com. So if you've ever heard me on Catholic Connection, you might have heard me talk about praying for priests. I am involved in a wonderful little apostolate called Maria Regina Clary, Mary, Queen of the Clergy, and the website PrayingForOurPriest.org. And really, our entire mission is to just encourage prayers for the priesthood and consecrated life. And Vicki Harrow, too, has been on with us many times here at Catholic Connection, is on today to talk about the new Lenten campaign that we have going to pray the stations of the cross for priests. So good morning, Vicki. Welcome. Good morning, Sherry. How are you? Well, well, and always wonderful when we can talk about praying for priests, right? Amen to that. <laughs> amen, amen, my sister. Yes, yes, we love to pray for our priests. Yeah, well, here we are, just really, you know, a week and some change before Lent begins. It feels like we just got done with Christmas, which actually we did. But Lent is, of course, coming a week from Wednesday. And, you know, we've done this every year, um, but ask people to pray the Stations of the Cross for priests. So many of us pray the Stations during Lent, and there's a special way that you can really, really pray for priests um, during Lent by praying them for priests. So can you talk a little bit about why should we pray the Stations of the Cross for priests? Yes, yes, uh, yes, I can. It's just that our priests... um, we don't we don't see it as we look at them each day, but our priests are Jesus. They are Jesus Himself, and they are on the road to Calvary with Him day after day. The Stations of the Cross is just an especially powerful and uh, just an efficacious way to pray for them. And when we think about Jesus carrying His cross, He ca- carried His cross uh, for the salvation of souls up the hill of Calvary for souls. And that's what the priest is doing. He's in persona Christi, um, uh, you know, especially in the Mass, of course, but but even in his daily life, he is Jesus on the way to Calvary. Uh, and so praying those stations for him is just a powerful way to pray. And uh, I just believe that with all my heart. I do. Yeah, I, I do as well. And the website, again, prayingforourpriest.org, and you can find the meditations there. Order the book uh, for a free will offering. You can you know download the prayers right from the book as well. And this is um, uh, a little bit of a different Stations of the Cross, Vicki. Um, maybe talk about how they were conceived and written and how they're different. Well, Part of it, I think, or or maybe even a big part of it, is just uh, that Monsignor Dunn, you know, you've heard us talk many times about uh, Monsignor Peter Dunn, and he was the the founder of our apostolate. Um, But he was quite elderly when he he recorded these, and just as he went on recording, his voice just seemed to get weaker and weaker, and... Uh, just because it was, he was already in his 90s when he, when yes. he recorded these. And so it was just so much like you, like Jesus, you know, as he got weaker and weaker, uh, going up that hill to Calvary, he, um, uh, he, he sounds like that in a way. So, uh, it was just kind of an interesting, 
Uh, an interesting take on that. Yeah, so. and I and I just want to mention real quick too that uh, we do have the CD available at prayingforapriest.org as well again for a free will offering. But but I I was the one who recorded him and I know you were in the room as well. But he was it was absolutely phenomenal when you know just hearing him he he lived the stations right there in the studio. Yeah. And the stations yeah. themselves yeah. really follow along um, the life of a priest from his ordination day until the day that he right. passes on to eternal life. Exactly. Yeah, that first station is, uh, you know, when Pontius Pilate and, uh, is pronouncing, you know, that his sentence. And, and in a certain way, we see the, I don't mean to say that the ordination of a priest is like a sentence, but in that particular way, it is. Uh, it is, it is them taking on the cross of Jesus and and carrying it for the salvation of souls. And so it begins right at that that first station and goes all the way through to the end and it's a very powerful way. Yeah. To pray. It is so incredibly powerful and beautiful. And you know, we've had so many people who have ordered that C D and commented on the voice of Monsignor Peter Dunn there, and now he's he's been gone. Gosh, Vicky, how many years has he been gone? Uh, he's about eight and a half now. Yeah, eight, five, a little over eight years, and you know we still miss him every day, don't we? Oh, <laughs> we do. He had such yes. a heart for the priesthood, and was, oh, he, he was the kind of priest. Been. He was the kind of priest that other priests went to. <laughs> yes, he spiritual was what they direction. A priest, priest. Yes, he was, and he yeah. lived that for. Just over 71 years he was a priest before he passed. So. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. To think yeah, of being a, a priest. That's a lifetime. And, yeah, yeah. For that long. So beautiful. Yeah. So, so yeah, but some of the, the stations in that, too, are so important to the, um, to the lives of priests in that, especially, like, I think of in the fourth station when Jesus meets his mother Mary, and, and the, the meditations talk about how important it is for our priests to look to Mary every day for their strength and their encouragement. and um, It's very beautiful. It is incredibly beautiful. And you can get a copy of them uh, in various ways, prayingforourpriest.org. There's a CD mm-hmm. available uh, to order for a free will donation, a book um, for the same. You can actually get the prayers right there, download them, and pray them. And, you know, we're doing at Maria Regina Clary for Lent a few other things. We will actually have... The Stations of the Cross will be recording those, and those will be available on our Facebook page and hopefully on our website as well. But there's also a First Friday Holy Hour, too. How can people be a part of mm-hmm. that, Vicki? Sure, they can. Every First Friday at 7 o'clock in the evening, if they turn on to seven uh, central. Facebook. Uh, yes, that is Central Time. Thank you. Um, <laughs> yes, they just get on to our Facebook page, Praying for Our Priests, and we go live right about 7 o'clock give or take a minute, either way. So, But, yeah, so right at 7 o'clock. And uh, so we pray the holy hour before the exposed blessed sacrament. Uh, we usually have a deacon with us that's, uh, that's praying with us and leading the prayers, and that's quite lovely, too. So, And then also, we're also doing some things in Spanish now, too. So definitely need to touch on that a little bit, too. We have the uh, Stations of the Cross uh, with these same meditations are in Spanish, and those are also on our website for download. And uh, we're looking at printing a, a leaflet with the Stations of the Cross in Spanish for them. So uh, for all of our Spanish language uh, listeners, that's a, 
uh, another option for us. So, Again, the website praying for our priests, that is priest, plural, priests, at uh, um, .org, actually praying for our priests.org. You can find all the resources there. And again, mm-hmm. you know, we don't charge for them, but we do ask a free will donation only because we want to be able to get other people praying. So it simply is exactly. that. We just pay it exactly. forward. You pray. You pray. We want that. And then help us to pay it forward so that others can actually pray as well. Vicki, thank you so much for being with us today, and thank you most of all Absolutely. for this beautiful apostolate that uh, that you were part of founding as well of Monsignor praise Peter Dunn. Praise the Dad. Lord. Yes, <laughs> yes. It, it, praise the Lord, yes. Yeah. So. All right, Vicki, thank you so much. God bless. Take care, Sherry. Thank you. Oh, always love to talk about praying for priests, and we do hope that you will um, take advantage of that and Just remember the priests in your prayer because they certainly do need it. All right, well, we will be back in just a few minutes. We are going to get the Bible verse of the week. I'm so excited about it. Gail Buckley Berenger will be with us, and I think you're going to love it, too. It's always fun to have Gail with us on Mondays. That is next on Catholic Connection. Stay tuned. When the need for senior care arises, home is where the heart is. Visiting Angels provides home care for mom or dad up to 24 hours per day, including personal care, meals, and light housework. You may select your professional caregiver with Visiting Angels. More information at visitingangels.com or at 877-374-LIVE. That's 877-374-LIVE. Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. The following program is brought to you in part by MyCatholicWill.com. Surveys show that more than half of Americans do not have a will. At MyCatholicWill.com, it takes as little as 15 minutes to write your will and secure a legacy of faith. MyCatholicWill.com is the exclusive online destination for creating a Catholic will. The process of writing a will is simple and now more accessible than ever. MyCatholicWill.com, a legacy of faith for those you love. Hello, Steve Ray here. Everything in the Bible and in the Catholic Church starts with the book of Genesis. It reveals to us God's plan for mankind. Yet Genesis can be daunting, especially given the scientific discoveries of the last few centuries. Well, that's where I come in with my new book, Genesis, a Bible study guide and commentary. Discover a thoroughly Catholic approach to this exciting and dramatic ancient narrative that is so often misunderstood. You can get the book now on the store page at AveMariaRadio.net. Check it out. Do you own popular index mutual funds or ETFs? If so, you're automatically owned shares of companies that conflict with your moral beliefs. Ave Maria mutual funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors can invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual funds. The experienced professional portfolio managers make decisions based on investment fundamentals and pro-life values. You can learn more about Ave Maria mutual funds today at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. Welcome back to Catholic Connection. Sherry Kennedy Brown again for Teresa Tamio, who returns tomorrow. She's on her way back right now from the Good News Cruise. See all fun, lots of fun pictures on her social media there. Well, we are here once again to do this every Monday. Gail Buckley Berenger is with us from Catholic Scripture Study International. And Gail, I'm so excited to hear the Bible verse of the week. What is it today? 
Thank you, Sherry. But today it's from the Gospel of John, chapter 6, verse 35, which says, Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Mm. You know, I'm sure you know, Sherry, that in Aramaic, Aramaic, which was the language that Jesus most often spoke, you know, the word Bethlehem means house of bread. And then we know that Jesus was born in Bethlehem, the house of bread. And not only was he born in Bethlehem, but we read in chapter 2 of Luke's Gospel that Mary wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. And, of course, the word manger comes from a Latin word, which means to eat. And and we all know that a manger is like a, a, a wooden or a stone feeding trout or a food box that mm-hmm. holds hay for animals to eat. So Jesus was born in the house of bread, and he was laid in a trout that was used for eating. I think this is, you know, I think it's pretty interesting because in our verse today, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. And then he adds, whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. And then in verse 51, he goes on to say, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever, and the bread that I shall give is my flesh. You know, um, Jesus continues to, you know, he continues to stress this fact that, that he's the bread of life, and he goes on further saying, my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. And again, he says, he who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. So if we review this, Sherry, I think, you know, it's interesting because Jesus was born in Bethlehem, which means the house of bread. Then he was laid in a feeding trough, and later he states that he's the bread of life and encourages us all to eat his flesh and drink his blood and tells us that his flesh is true food and his blood is true drink. And, you know, this is, and that, you know, he'll raise us up on the last day. You know, after reading these words of Jesus, I really can't, I, I don't know how anybody can't believe or doubt that he's speaking of receiving him in the Eucharist. Right. Um, right. You know, how can anyone doubt that he's truly present, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Holy Eucharist? And amazingly, Sherry, you know, there are a lot of people that, that think it's just symbolic that he was, you know, they twist his words and misinterpret it, and some say he was speaking figuratively about eating his word, meaning symbolically consuming the Bible, which to me is just really stretching things. <laughs> but, but, but I never heard that he was, one before. <laughs> really? You haven't? Oh, well, I've no. heard it being a former Protestant, yeah. But, you know, he was if he was speaking figuratively, then why does the Bible tell us that many of his followers left him because of what he said? And, you know, and he didn't say, wait, wait, I'm just speaking symbolically. No, right. that doesn't happen. And, in fact, he turned to his apostles and asked them if they were going to leave him too, and, of course, they didn't. But, you know, sadly, many Catholics don't even believe that Jesus is truly present in the Holy Eucharist. Right. And so I want to encourage people, anyone that has any doubts, to please read chapter 6 of John's Gospel. Our Lord is not a liar. He made it very clear, and he definitely wasn't speaking figuratively. You know, and, you know, and I want to add, Sherry, that um, you know, when the Israelites were wandering in the desert to reach the Promised Land, God gave them manna, you know, bread from heaven to sustain them on their journey. And we can equate that with the, their Promised Land with our earthly journey to reach heaven. Like the Israelites, we are journeying here on earth to, in the hopes of reaching um, the Promised Land, which is heaven. And during our journey, Jesus gives us true manna his body and blood, that not only sustains us during our time here on earth, but it prepares us for eternal life with him in heaven. 
So I hope people will. I, I you know Scott Hahn said that he was teaching them a Bible study on the Gospel of John, and he got to chapter six, and he couldn't he couldn't continue the Bible study because there's no way he could get around Jesus' words. You know that he is the bread of life and. And when he was a Protestant. Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, it's amazing. And thank you once again in this year of, you know, Eucharistic revival. This is so important for us. And uh, tell us the verse again before we have to go. Yes, it's from John, the, the Gospel of John. It's uh, chapter 6, verse 35. Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Amen. Thank you so much, Gail Buckley Berenger, for being with us today. And Thank you to everyone for being with me on Catholic Connection. I've had a great time. I hope you have as well. God bless. Teresa's back tomorrow. Take care. You've been listening to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Andrew Kruchek. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. That's A-V-E-MariaRadio.net. Thanks for listening and join us next time for another edition of Catholic Connection.